it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. If you remember, Benito Nipplering sat there night after night having celebrities in the media ooh and odd fawn over his press conferences. I'm the governor. There's this thing called the Constitution. The Tenth Amendment. All, you know, it's, it's amazing how Democrats all of a sudden discover the Tenth Amendment. Donald Trump sent the Navy. Donald Trump sent the National Guard. Franklin Graham sent Samaritan's Purse. Benito didn't do a damn thing. Benito's lucky Donald Trump sent as many resources as he did. But Benito Nipplering won an Emmy. Benito Nipplering published a book telling everyone how awesome he was. They were calling him a sex symbol. Baby brother said, you're single and ready to mingle. We saw the Nightly Bro Show on CNN. And that filtered down to the other programs. It's kind of funny watching Jake Tapper act like he's outraged. It was a year ago. And it's been the past year. The New York Times, the Washington Post, proclaiming that conservative radio is steeped in nothing but conspiracy theory, whipping up Trump supporters in a frenzy, lying, buying into hoaxes on hydroxychloroquine or what have you. You know, it's funny. Uh, We're going to get into this a little bit later. I'm old enough to remember when the base of the Democrat Party had questions for Big Pharma. And there's quite an interesting statistic. India has basically reached herd immunity. Now, what is it that is commonly dispensed and used regularly in India? Now, I'm not going to sit here and say it's because of hydroxychloroquine, but hydroxychloroquine is regularly dispensed in the fight against malaria. Whatever happened to the left-wing Democrats that would ask this very basic question? Vitamin D, zinc, z hydroxychloroquine, none of which would provide profits for the pharmaceutical industry like a new vaccine. Don't you even have questions about alternative? You know, I thought, I thought earthy left-wing Democrats liked things like essential oils. And just for the record, that's not a political thing. My wife loves essential oils. My wife is part of an essential oil club. Lavender here, peppermint there, oregano, thieves. She's got little bottles for everything. Natural remedies. Natural remedies. I thought the left liked natural remedies. Now all of a sudden, they'll take the word of Big Pharma. Now all of a sudden, the CDC, the NIH, HHS, there's there's no, the, the big pharmaceutical companies all of a sudden don't have their meat hooks in these, in these, in these uh, agencies. We're not talking about the triangle of people who go from the pharmaceutical companies into academia, 
or should I say it's more like a square, square dance. They go from academia to the pharmaceutical companies to the government agencies to lobbying and then around back again. Swing your partner once around, kick her in the butt and knock her down. They do. And it used to be there were people that were skeptical of that, but now they don't, they don't want to hear anything about it. Why? Because Trump mentioned hydroxychloroquine. Now, I'm not saying that's a cure, but there's, it's kind of odd for such a densely populated country that's got a lot of poor people, people of color, people of color in India. The whole country's people of color. The whole country's people of color. They don't have any questions. But anyway, Cuomo, Cuomo can no longer be protected by, by the media. And the fact that they beat the hell out of people like me for a year turned out everything we said about Cuomo was 100% right. There'll be no apologies, of course. So we're going to bring on Carol Markowitz and Janice Dean a little bit later. Headline slate. It is now the third anniversary of the shooting at Parkland High School. And all of the Parkland kids are now old enough to drink. Well, at least the seniors. Biden calls for common sense gun law, gun law reforms, including assault weapons ban. So they're doing what they're do, what they always do, which is to take a moment and say, well, if we don't pass these new gun laws, we're disrespecting the lives lost at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And of course, we're going to hear from Emma Gonzalez and we're going to hear from David Hogg, the cry pillow guy. But we're not going to hear from Kyle Kashev or Andrew Pollack or anybody else that supports the Second Amendment. Just the cry pillow guy. He's the only voice. She's the only voice. They're the only voices we're allowed to hear from. They're fist in the air moral outrage. President Joe Biden marked the third anniversary of the Parkland school shooting by pointing to the community, the continuing epidemic of gun violence and calling on Congress to pass strict common sense gun law reforms, including a ban on assault weapons. Biden also called for laws requiring background checks for all gun sales, banning high capacity magazines and ending immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. So now they want to go after the manufacturers of legal products. Because people misuse them. Nobody that believes in the Second Amendment and gun rights wants crazy people to have guns. Nobody wants people to access guns who are likely to commit murders. The -the over-the-top language of bloody murder tools and all this other stuff has got to stop. I mean, it, it won't. Quote, Today as we mourn, With the Parkland community, we mourn for all those who've lost loved ones to gun violence, Biden said in a statement on the anniversary of the day when a gunman opened fire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, February 14, 2018, and killed 17 people. His administration, we will not wait for the next mass shooting to take place before we take action. We owe it to all those we've lost, all those left behind to grieve. To make a change, time to act is now. What they don't want to talk about is the Obama-Biden era policy that allowed this to happen. 
You see, Eric Holder and the Department of Justice wanted to end what they termed the high school to prison pipeline. So they gave multi-million dollar grants to school districts and counties with a high level of high school students that were ending up in prison, one of them being Broward County. And the Broward County Sheriff relinquished his duty to social workers. You know, when they talk about defunding the police and putting together this newfangled, uh, by the way, they're spending like six and a half million dollars in Minneapolis to hire a whole bunch of new cops. This whole public safety department thing didn't actually work out. But what they wanted in Broward County, what they wanted was to transfer responsibility for dealing with violent students from law enforcement to the public education system. That's what they wanted, and they got it. They gave $50 million to the school district and another $50 million to the sheriff's department. And basically, the cops were paid to look the other way. This nutcase, this nutcase that committed this heinous act was known to be violent and criminal and the police couldn't touch him. The police couldn't touch him. Not only couldn't they touch him, they didn't want to touch him. And then we have the issue of this Broward County Sheriff who basically ran around the outside of the building and did not even attempt to engage. Didn't even attempt to enter the building. Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. But let's listen. Let's listen to the vice president on what she would do if she had become president. And now, of course, she's in a position to affect those things. Play cut seven. Upon being elected, I will give the United States Congress 100 days to get their act together and have the courage to pass reasonable gun safety laws. And if they fail to do it, then I will take executive action. And specifically what I will do is put in place a requirement that for anyone who sells more than five guns a year, they are required to do background checks when they sell those guns. I will require that for any gun dealer that breaks the law, the ATF take their license. And by the way, ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Well, the ATF has been doing a lot of the A and the T, but not much of the F. Mm. And we need to fix that. (laughs) And then on the third piece, because none of us have been sleeping over the last two years, part of what has happened under the current administration is they took fugitives off the list of prohibited people. I put them back on the list, meaning that fugitives from justice should not be able to purchase a handgun or any kind of weapon. So that's what I do. So she's going to invent powers over the Second Amendment. That's not the first and only time she said it. She said it many times. Play cut eight. I'm proposing one that if by my 100th day in office when elected president of the United States, Mm -hmm. the United States Congress fails to put a a bill on my desk to sign with all of the good ideas or any of the good ideas, then I am prepared to take executive action because that's what's needed. Executive action Action. to to do what? 
to do specifically for anyone who sells more than five guns a year, they will be required to perform background checks on the people they sell them to. And this will be the most comprehensive background check policy that has ever been had in our country thus far. Can that I be done prepared? by executive order? Yes. Yes, it can. I am also prepared to say and to direct the ATF to remove and take away the licenses of gun dealers who fail to follow the law. And Jake, 90% of the guns that are associated with crime have been sold by 5% of the gun dealers. We need to take their licenses away. So she's going to go around writing executive orders, writing executive actions, reigning in the Second Amendment. Well, Paul Sperry at Real Clear Investigations three years ago looked into this. I don't know if you remember us talking about it. Nicholas Cruz was known as a violent individual, but the police weren't allowed to touch him. Headline Real Clear Investigations behind Cruz's Florida rampage Obama's school leniency policy. And it says in 2013, the year before Cruz entered high school, the Broward County school system rewrote its discipline policy to make it much more difficult for administrators to suspend or expel problem students or for campus police to arrest them for misdemeanors, including some of the crimes Cruz allegedly committed in the years and months leading up to the deadly February 14th shooting at his Fort Lauderdale area school. The new policy resulted from an Obama administration effort begun in 2011 to keep students in school and improve racial outcomes. They even provide a timeline and came against the backdrop of other efforts to rein in perceived excesses in zero tolerance discipline policies, including in Florida. Broward School Superintendent Robert Runcie, a Chicagoan and Harvard graduate with close ties to President Obama at his education department, signed an agreement with the county sheriff and other local jurisdictions to trade cops for counseling. Students charged with various misdemeanors, including assault, would now be disciplined through participation in healing circles obstacle courses, and self-esteem building exercises. Asserting that minority students in particular were treated unfairly by traditional approaches to school discipline, Runcie's goal was to slash arrests and ensure that students, no matter how delinquent, graduated without criminal records. This is, uh, this is how you say, well, uh, what would you call this back then? You wouldn't call it woke. I don't think woke was yet the term. It might have been in its infancy. They might have been using woke back then. I don't know. But speaking of this Obama era program, it said no district had taken this new approach that was just explained further than Broward County. The core of the approach is the program called Promise, preventing recidivism through opportunities, mentoring, intervention, support, and education which substitutes counseling for criminal detention for students who break the law. According to the district website, the program is designed to address the unique needs of students who've committed behavioral infractions that would normally lead to juvenile delinquency arrests and therefore entry into the juvenile justice system. The express goal of promise was to bring reductions in external suspension, expulsions, and arrests. Delinquents who are diverted to the program are essentially absolved of responsibility for their actions. This approach focuses on the situation as being the problem rather than the individual problem the website suggests. Well, then Runcie is quoted all over the place about implicit bias and blah, 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 and all that. So Nicholas Cruz, who was known to be violent, known to be a danger, was never arrested for any of his misdemeanors. 
He was a bubble that was about to burst or a, a growing problem. All designed and created by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. So now, three years later, because of the cry pillow guy, we're supposed to, what, give up our Second Amendment rights? No. The president doesn't have authority over the Second Amendment. The president can't just ban magazines or gun sales with an executive order. He doesn't have that authority. But using this moment as justification, if anything, we should look at how we got to that moment. And we got to that moment because of Obama and Biden. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. We are right, they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125. <laughs>